Good morning. On this Thursday morning, welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, food for thought and for the imagination. We have been considering as we learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, listen to him as when we study the word of God for him to speak unto us and learning to listen in the mornings while we wake up and see what the Lord has spoken throughout the night to our to our spirit and from receiving the instruction from receiving the word we've learned that it's applicable to our lives as part of the fear of the Lord those that fear the Lord receive his instruction those that do not fear the Lord not only reject his instruction his reproof and correction but they wind up being shortened in life because of the consequences of both their words and their actions. So let's continue looking at that. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 30, verse 23, <clears throat> the scripture says, The fear of the Lord tends to life. And he that has it, whoever has the fear of the Lord, shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. Both as individuals, as families, even as a nation. When we embrace evil in our lives and reject the fear of the, of the Lord then we have to we have to learn that there will be consequences for it it says in proverbs 22:4 by humility and the fear of the lord are riches and honor and life notice the three things that are a result of and as a result of the fear of the lord and humility Scripture says, he that humbles himself before the Lord shall be exalted. But the proud, the haughty in heart, they will fall. So by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor. Why? Because the Lord will exalt you. If you look at the life of Job, you can see this. That he had honor, he had life, he had riches. Now, of course, the devil came in with his accusation, with his slander. But ultimately, after uh, uh, a time that lapsed, God vindicated Job, vindicated his name, and Satan wound up the loser. Now, the scripture says in Psalm 103, Verse 13, as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. And once again, the comparison is made between a father and his children or a son. The relationship that exists there. And the word there that is used for uh, uh, pitieth his children, he, he, he is very compassionate of them he loves them he is merciful it just doesn't mean to have you know be uh uh 
sad about, but it actually is quite the opposite. It, 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 it means to basically to love. And our Heavenly Father loves us. He has shown us His love in the manner that uh, uh, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Or behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Or perfect love casts out fear. Or we are to walk in love because faith worketh by love. So when we have the love of the Father working in and through our lives, not only are we satisfied, not only do we honor God, not only do we hate evil and hate the evil way and hate arrogance and, and uh, uh, hate all these things that are contrary to Him, but honor Him by obeying and submitting to his will and to his word. It says that, that Jesus told the disciples, As the Father has loved me, so he loves you. So part of our fear of the Lord is that God demonstrates his love unto us. And he demonstrates it in and through the person of Christ. We can see how much the Father loved Christ and how, how much Jesus loved the Father, willing to be obedient even to the death of the cross for us. In Proverbs twenty three twenty four, the Father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begats a wise son shall have joy in him. Proverbs 23:25 The father and mother shall be glad and she shall bear thee she that she, she that bear thee shall rejoice see there's nothing like walking in the fear of the lord where we bring this rejoicing this gladness to the heart of the parents and in this case our heavenly father it says in Proverbs twenty three twenty six, My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. Now remember, out of the heart flow the issues of life. So he that keeps and guards his heart by having it kept and guarded by the Heavenly Father, then we will be kept also from the evil day. The scripture talks about three very specific things when it talks about the evil day, the day of evil. These are things that are going to take place in our lifetime and take place throughout our lifetime. Those that lived during the 40s of World War One, uh, World War II, uh, uh, we have those that were under the the rise of Stalin and communism, uh, those that were under the rise of uh, Adolf Hitler, and all the evil and all the, the, the wickedness that these men did, and these countries that used to be Christian at one time 
where even the Great Reformation uh, had taken place and, and, and we had gone from uh, basically from works to walking by faith as uh, Martin Luther had uh, placed those theses uh, at, the, at the door of the church. It, that was just a turning point. But then when the people turned from God, the result is a Stalin, a Hitler, and even much worse, you have people that absolutely reject God, reject good, and reject everything that would be possibly moral. But to make our father and our mother rejoice, there's nothing like walking in the fear of the Lord. So we're asked, my son, give me your heart. Let your eyes observe my ways. And then we go to Second Corinthians, uh, Second Timothy, excuse me, chapter three, verse sixteen. Now this one is a clencher for us. I'll read it first, and then we'll look at some things. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means without exception. Man did not write any of his thoughts, his ideas. He did not write any of his biases. He did not write any of his independent so-called uh, philosophies or ideologies. Every scripture in the Old Testament was inspired by the Holy Spirit when he moved upon men, holy men of God, and they wrote down the word of God. Well, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. The word profitable that is used there, it's helpful or it's serviceable or it's advantageous. So the scripture is advantageous for our life as a Christian for doctrine, that's the very first thing that is, is given. It's advantageous for receiving instruction, for receiving the information to learn or to be able to teach others. So it's profitable for doctrine. The next thing it's profitable for, it's reproof, bringing conviction or bringing proof or evidence of what one is either saying or living, or expressing concerning God. It's, it's evidence for correct, it's, it's uh, 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 profitable for reproof, and it's also profitable for correction. In this case, to straighten up again, to rectify something, to bring reformation in something that is out of place. So the scripture is profitable for doctrine, it's profitable for reproof, it's profitable for instruction. And in this uh, example, the word means tutula, uh, to tutor, uh, education or training, uh, even disciplinary correction, chastising uh, or chastisement. It also means to nurture. So, the Word of God, as inspired by the Holy Spirit, is good for instructing in righteousness. The book of uh, John, 
in chapter number 16, it talks about when the Holy Spirit would come, one of the things that he would do is that he would lead us and guide us and instruct us concerning righteousness. Not our righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. For he was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. Or as 1 Corinthians says, that was uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 1, verse 30. Uh, in him, he has been made unto us uh, wisdom and redemption. He's been made uh, unto us righteousness, understanding what righteousness is as it comes from God, as, in, as it is imputed, it's given to our account, not for anything that we've done, but because of him. At the same time, that's what the word of God is for, to instruct us in righteousness. It's also for correction. It's also for reproof. Correction, remember, we said it can also be for nurturing, uh, uh, to, 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 uh, the instructions, excuse me, is for nurturing. Correction means to straighten up or line up that which has gone and uh, defaulted or gotten out of the way or is no longer straight, is bent or at an angle and to bring it up to the specs of God's word. And then, of course, we said doctrine. Doctrine is also instruction for teaching and learning. So the word of God. So it is a wonder that God has made available his word to us because it is essential in all of these areas. In Deuteronomy 4.36, out of heaven he made thee to hear his voice that he might instruct thee upon the earth. He showed thee his great fire and thou heardest his words out of the midst of fire. Now this is when Israel was camped uh, at Mount Sinai and uh, Moses was going to be called up to receive the, the instruction of the law. And God spoke to the people and the purpose of it was to instruct them. Of course, they did not want to hear it from God. They would prefer to hear it from Moses. But it is the same thing for us today. Parents instructing their children, pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles, instructing uh, the believer. There is no differentiating from that. It is the same thing. We are given instruction so that we can grow thereby. We're given instruction in different uh, areas of our life. Uh, four different areas of our life were given correction and reproof, things that are out of the way. Uh, and of course, we are also given the word of God for doctrine, for instruction in our lives in every area, including the fear of the Lord. Well, consider this. How much instruction are we willing to receive on a daily basis? And how much instruction are we willing to obey and follow? at the same time. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly and fully bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.